For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University a company focused on the training and development of coaches, kickers, punters, and snappers. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Masters is here. Bet Online has you covered for all the news and scores, including the odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 28 of the podcast welcomes Nick McQuarrie, a former kicker at Rice University who is majoring in sports management with a concentration in analytics. Nick grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, where he played football and tennis at Mandarin High School. Nick would eventually join my year-round training court program where he developed a passion for kicking and punting. It has been a pleasure to follow his journey on and off the field. I'm excited to share his story today. How are you doing today, Nick? I'm doing great, Coach. I appreciate you having me on, and I can't wait to get into it. You know, I was thinking last night when I talked to you briefly in pre-recording, I'll never forget when you walked up to me uh, at the end of a training session. We used to work out on Sundays together when you were still in high school. And before you moved and you you came up to me with this look on your face like you were going to tell me that you're quitting football or something just you know I did I wouldn't have wanted to hear but I'll never forget when you said hey coach I'm moving to Massachusetts you know and I, I was so happy for you you know like I think my biggest concern was that you weren't going to get the support you had down here in Florida you weren't going to have these these guys around you on Sundays that had a, a common interest and a common goal but it looks like that you did just fine transitioning. And I want to talk a little bit about adversity today in the show, but um, before we do that, can you share with us your recruiting experience? Uh, Perhaps the interest you received, what you look for in a school when you were narrowing them down, hopefully to like five or 10 by your senior year, uh, things you would have done differently and what you wish you knew now, um, what you didn't know then. Yeah. So uh, like you said, the uh, the move from Florida to Massachusetts was huge for me. I was uh, I was an AP scholar in Jackson, in Jackson Mill. You know, I was doing really well. Uh, obviously, the sports culture in Florida is much different than that in Massachusetts. And uh, you know, being with you and your team, I mean, I I think that was the biggest thing that ever uh, did for me. And I f- I feel like after I left you, I, uh, I I wasn't getting better at the rate I wanted to anymore. And it was. It was tough to see, but I mean, I'm definitely grateful for the opportunities I provided. I was provided. Uh, and so I, I, so I guess I'll kind of jump into the recruiting process. When I was, uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I had a, I had a, I had a big leg and it was, uh, it was pretty clear to see when you first saw me, uh, 
and I was back in high school and I was just, you know, I was doing my touchbacks and stuff and it was a great time. And then uh, spring came around that year and I was one of the kids getting looked at by the college coaches coming through town. And it was, man, it was, it was cool. I thought I was the king of the world and I thought it was oh, so, I, I mean, I was just stoked for it. Uh, and you, like, like you said, I, uh, I had to move to Massachusetts and that was, uh, it was a whole different world up there. The, uh, the high school sports world is just, it's just completely different. And so I was, I was the only athlete being recruited at my school, uh, especially for a, a big sport such as football, man, it's, it, it's, it's hard to talk to coaches when you're just making a visit to go see a kicker uh, because, you know, obviously kicker is important. And, uh, you know, in the Northeast, <laughs> there, there's not much reason for coaches to come visit, but I'm, I'm glad I was able to get my name out. Uh, I know, I know you, and I know I, I just tried to talk to as many coaches as possible to just say, Hey, get my name in the door, get my name in the door here. And when I was, when I was looking at schools, I mean, since I was a young age, I'd always wanted to go to Harvard. Like that was the dream. We, we talked about that. And I remember you talking about that at Fort, uh, Fort Down University all the time uh, back in the day. And it was, it's crazy. And you were, you were right. Like you were talking about how I wanted to go to Harvard and you were telling everyone, I was like, wow. Yeah. I mean, this guy's holding me accountable, accountable for it. So uh, I, I looked at a few different schools. I saw some Ivies. At that point, I was kind of tired of living in the North and I wanted to come back down South. So I found a great place in Houston and rice and i'm i'm absolutely loving it there yeah no i you, you um i don't even know where to start with that but i but i guess i'll start here is why i like people like you and why i've had more success with people like you than others um what stands out to me is with specialists that have the aspirations to play college football it's the ones that can think critically it's the ones that do the small things very very well um they don't have to do it the same exact way but it gets done and it gets done at at a standard that, that that's what's needed to be successful and to be trusted and to be held accountable for all these things are important. I love, love, love what you did in the classroom. You were, you were an exceptional student. You were 90 plus percentile on the ACT. And to me, and I, and we talked about it before the show, that is something that, that college coaches look for mostly in like your quarterbacks and your, your punters and your kickers, because these are, these are places where you need to be cerebral under the most adverse of circumstances. And you must be able to recover from the adversity because you're going to fail in a public setting. Um, so I, I could go on about you and why I know you're going to be successful in anything you do in life, because I've done this long enough. It's my 19th year doing it. And I seek people like you who are able to think critically on and off the football field, because I think it directly relates to success on a football field, which is what I, I happen to do for a living. But I'm a firm believer that you're going to go wherever you want to in life because of the things that you did prior to football, and which is learn how to learn and, and be receptive to learning and be adaptable. So I want to talk about that a little bit at fourth down you, we do promote the critical thinking uh, and we promote it through self-analysis. We, we encourage our athletes, even 15 years old, to obviously look at the people that are doing it better than you, uh, look at your peers, um, take instruction, bring all these things together, synthesize it, apply it, and see what works. When there's disconnects, yes, you communicate to your coach. You communicate to your peer in your, in your small group setting. So in college and on Sundays, the coaching staff will not be providing uh, specialists with any technical corrections uh, or adjustments for that matter. Can you share with the listeners your experience with this? 
and how it helped you helped you to have a plan in place both in high school and in a college football setting. So yeah, when I uh, I mean the the best coaching I ever got was when I was a junior in high school when I was working with you guys, and then after that it was uh, it was kind of thrown into the fire. I did I I had coaches here and there that would help me with little things, uh, but I mean kicking it's it's such a niche sport. And sadly, there's re- there's really not a lot of things you can do because I mean college, there's no reason for a college coach to to hire a kicking coach. Uh, we actually have one at Rice now who's a former kicker, which is really helpful to have in the room. But other than that, I mean it's it's kind of like you just kind of made to succeed. Like you, you either make it or you don't, and uh, it's very trial by fire. It, it's 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 exciting. It's it's nerve wracking and. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't quite have what it takes, but I'm super grateful for getting the chance because I've always wanted to play college football, but uh, just didn't quite get it there. I think that I think you'll find that that experience is going to be invaluable to you. You learn you were amongst other kids that were leaders and, and, and these, these college coaches, the FBS level, I'm not saying anything bad about anything less like division two and three, but at the FBS level, it's where everyone wants to be and everyone realizes that. So when you are a part of something like that and around a bunch of special people who are unique and kind of going above and beyond in every call, you know, those are going to be part of your network for the rest of your life. So I'm proud of you for that. And, And rice is for those that don't know is, is a very, very, very good school. Um, I've been able to coach to Chris Boswell came out of there and I got to work with Chris a lot, but there's just, um, there's something special about that place. They, they, they make good humans, not just good football players. Um, I want to talk about, um, you know, my, my 19 years doing this, I mentioned briefly about intelligence, you know, and how I find that intelligence is essential. And I'm, yes, I'm talking about kicking, punting and snapping, but I think that football is becoming smarter uh, as we progress, as we get further along, just like everything else, you know, things evolve for the better, hopefully. Um, by, nef- by definition, I, I was curious to see what Webster's would say intelligence is, because I, I knew what I thought it was, but it actually kind of validated what I'm trying to say here is that intelligence is the ability to acquire and not only acquire the information, but to apply it, right? Acquire it and apply it. So in hopes you will come out with a better skill. That's what Webster said. So as a coach, I need to know that my athletes will not only take in the information, because I know they're receiving it, they have to be hearing it. But what I'm realizing is very few apply. Very few will actually take it in and make it personal to their personal problem and then go apply. And then hopefully they fail. And that's where, again, I interject. Um, I think it's why, again, like I mentioned, college coaches value good students because they know that like people like Nick McQuarrie, um, who was a high-performing student and took school very seriously, it's just proof that they can be coached. So I, I love it, um, and I want you to talk about a little bit about why you think your rigorous academic background helped you in athletics. Honestly, I would, uh, I would almost argue it was the other way around. I would say the, the lessons I learned from football and the lessons I learned from life with football, uh, they, they helped me in academics more than academics ever helped me in football. Uh, but I mean, the, the, the two, they, they certainly go hand in hand when you, when you see how much, how much on a daily basis you're dealing with and being a football player is so much more than just getting out on the field and kicking balls. Like it's, it's so much more than that. Like even as a guy who didn't play in college, uh, I, I had, I had a huge impact on my team 
just by being around and being that positive guy and being that guy who, you know, studies hard, you know, be, is a good glue guy for the team. Uh, fun to be around. Just there, there, there's a lot of contributions that, you know, just being a good person and having like that academic rigor, it kind of helps you put things in perspective and helps you realize a lot about, you know, the sports world and what it means to be an athlete. I love what you said. It's a very unique way to look at it, but it's true. Uh, the inverse is football brought the best student out in me. And I think that, I think that that was probably really discovered on your end in the college setting when like you learn these small little details about being punctual, being first sitting, sitting up front, eye contact, a, a nodding to the presenter, establishing a rapport with the professor. A lot of these things I learned at Miami and I didn't understand when I was 18 or 19, but now I think they are the biggest things because the littlest things are often the biggest in the end. You're absolutely right. I, I, I think you're learning that. And I think you're, and I talk about this all the time on the show is people like you at, at, at early twenties are much further along because you've been in a structured environment. Uh, your whole life. Whereas I think some of your peers, I don't want to like assume, but I will I'll generalize a little bit. Most kids do not play college sports. Most kids go to college and have a great experience, hopefully academically, but most certainly most take advantage of the social setting too, where bad habits form, where in your mid twenties, when you're taking, I don't know, constructive criticism, hopefully from your employer, I think a guy like you who has been ripped apart by a coach in a public setting and rebounded from that and made adjustments, you're, you're more inclined to be successful in the business sector, uh, whatever it is you do in your family, right? Um, so I love what you said is that football made me a better student and coming from you, I think that holds weight because you're an exceptional student. So I thank you for that. I just want to share with the audience, I sat on my glasses. I had some nice glasses, name brand, I'm not going to say what they were, but I was at a Easter brunch on Sunday and I threw them on the seat and forgot I'd put them there and sat on them. So I actually tried out our new, new sponsor, Canaan sunglasses. Uh, it's time to uh, make your outdoor experience better with Canaan. Canaan sunglasses are made of exclusively polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clear, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code CanaanCast15 at K-A-E-N-O-N.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15. Canaan, clearly better. So I see you intern with Blast Motion in California. I believe it was Carlsbad, but it was Cali. Uh, I did a little homework on the company last night. Just one curious to see what you're up to. And I found it fascinating and relatable to specialists. We're talking about golf swings and baseball swings when I, a lot of what I do now, Nick, is I replace the hands with the feet because there's familiarity with people that have seen Tiger Woods swing a golf club. So can you share a little more about blast motion and what you're working on with them? Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, this, this is something I kind of started learning about last year in a uh, theories of high level performance class. And, you know, it's super interesting. I've, I've always heard about the, fast twitch muscles and the slow twitch muscles. But honestly, the, the more it kind of appears to me, it, it's kind of like there's immediate twitch muscle. There's for that swing, for those swings, for the swing sports. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what made me realize, but I was, I, after I was done playing football, I'm, I'm starting to pick up golf now. And I have a, 
I have a really natural ability for it because I, I can just swing the hell out of it just like I, I could my legs. So I'm like, wow, there's a, and I, I, it's just took off in my head and now I'm just so obsessed about it. So what, what we do at Blast, uh, I'm just a data intern right now, but the guy that I'm working with, he's our head biomechanist. And so he develops sensors that have, uh, they have a gyro in them, they have two motion sensors and they give so much feedback about the swing, swing speeds, how tired you are, the path of the swing. It's, it's all been really interesting stuff. And I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to work with op- this opportunity because it's definitely something I could see myself working with in the future. And I mean, I, I think the, the relation to kicking, it's, it's really a no brainer. I got, I, it's, it's the first thing I thought I was like, wow. Like, you know, a lot of people have told me that I have a fast leg, but you know, there's, there's never been a way to quantify that for me. Like I, I want to know how fast of a leg I have and how, what that means compared to my peers. And uh, a, lo- a really good thing about the blast motion sensor is that it tracks, it tracks that. And then it also tracks so much more. And uh, as a person who struggles with consistency, it would have been really cool to be able to see, you know, my swing path and what I did on the wrong ones and what, it, uh, and what my good ones look like. I can't wait to talk to you off the air. So I have three patents in place right now, one for each of the positions with like a tangible product. Um, and we're playing around with the thought of sensors, but I, essentially what I've proven is that, you know, Newton's third law and some fundamental geometrics is directly relatable to what you knew as a student at fourth down you we're trying to bring in the objectivity. I don't want it to be my opinion anymore. I don't want to say this is the way I coach. I want to say this is physics. This is math. I'm going to respect these things. And what the essential component is, and I think why my players, even at 15 years old, don't get scared away from this line of thinking is I'm trying to find your process, right? I'm trying to identify what your process currently is and take away as many of the outliers or or inefficiencies that come through excessive movement, right? So I think that if we can minimize the variables, right, we have an easier math problem. Just like if we minimize a person's uh, variables in, in his or her process, I think they're going to be more repeatable in the end. And I think that's of the utmost importance, especially for a specialist. So I really can't wait to talk to you a little bit more about the sensors and how to implement some things that I want I want to incorporate because I do think there's value. If I was listening to the PGA.com last night, uh, uh, they were evaluating and comparing contrasting Dustin Johnson's clubhead speed to DeChambeau's. And in the last setting where they were both in the same environment and they got censored up, there was a 26 or 27 mile, mile per hour differential in the two. Dustin's was slower and Dustin's used to be the standard. So it's crazy when you talk about the evolution of things. Um, I think that's a direct or a great example of how quickly things can evolve because Dustin Johnson's not a dinosaur. He's pretty new to the sport. Um, is t- in terms of being the best. So anyway, I, I have one more question for you, Nick. The large demographic of our show, they're high school and college specialists uh, or parents of and a lot of high school coaches that are wanting to learn more about the way people like you think. Uh, would you share some things you believe to be essential in terms of success for a specialist? It's something you always told me. Uh, the only thing constant is change. Always be ready. Uh, because you're as a kicker, you are an afterthought. That's the way it's, it's, it's going to be. I was, I was looking at schools in January, come waiting for national signing day to come around. 
And I wasn't, I wasn't happy with my options. And I'm, I'm glad I wasn't happy with my options because, you know, I got, I got a call from Rice later that February saying, you know, come on. <laughs> I was very, very happy. Uh, but then I position coach tr- changed twice. They, uh, they didn't coach me or use me the way I thought they should have. But um, you got You got to be ready for anything that comes at you because there's, there's so many things just within a program, uh, whether the, the head coach, the strength coach, it's, it's just, it's so many things, especially if you're not going to a place like Alabama that has that, you know, no doubt kind of rep, re- repeatability and like reputation, uh, which I mean, you know, not a lot of people will, but to try to enjoy it. That's, that's honestly one of the biggest things. I, I think I lost that for a while and I wasn't enjoying it because it, it felt like a chore. Uh, but it, it, if, if you can enjoy it, that's, that's the biggest thing because it's, it's just going to make you a better kicker. It's just going to make the day better at the end of the day. It won't feel like, it won't feel like a chore. I love what you said. I think that it's important to hear that, uh, parents have goals right for their kids and i think oftentimes that that even though it may be subconscious the parent does put a lot of unwanted pressure on a student athlete sometimes perhaps the kid wants to play soccer instead even though he knows full and well that whatever you know i'm not as valuable in a soccer field i'm not going to get as much scholarship money but i think if you're not happy and you're playing at a place like rice or alabama somewhere you know at the highest of levels on saturdays it will bring about a different side of you. You will burn out at some point if it's not a passion of yours. I don't, I don't think it's for everyone. And, and, and people say that, but what I, what I mean by that is I think you almost have to have a love for it because it will, there will be a point in which you're just not going to be your best self. And when you're not your best self, that, that it's only a matter of time after that until someone takes your job, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so I really, I can't thank you that. And what you, what you made me think of is a quote I heard this week. It says, if you want peace, prepare for war. And I think it's another way of looking at it is like, if if you want to be happy in two or three years from now, prepare that your plan will get shattered into pieces, right? Uh, have a, have a backup plan and not only a backup plan, but have a few backups after the backup plan. Absolutely. Just just in case. And so I, I love it. And I think that you've experienced some of these things, these curveballs in life where you got to move across the country in a critical time in your life and, and you handled it well. And I'm proud of you. Um, I want to end with this. Uh, I want to thank you, first of all, for coming on. And I want to ask you to share with the audience, uh, someone on this, this show or listening to the show may want to reach out to you and just say thanks for sharing your story. Could you share with like your, your Twitter handle or however you operate on social media? Yeah, so my, my Twitter handle is going to be kick underscore McQuarrie, M-C-Q-U-A-R-R-Y. And it's been my, it's been my handle forever, uh, always kicker at heart. And one last thing I want to say uh, to your high school guys that are listening, you know, a, a, lot of you get, a lot of guys will get discouraged if they're not getting FBS looks and whatnot. But, you know, there's, there's absolutely no shame in going Division three. Me and my friends talk about every day how we wish we had gone Division three and been able to enjoy football and really play the sport and have a great college experience along with it. Because, you know, if, if you want to make the league, yeah, you probably need to go FBS, but that's first of all, not necessarily because there's a lot of yeah. guys who have, been. uh, sure. and you know, it's D- division three and division two. I mean, it's definitely respectable ways to go. 
Yeah, I think I think it's important to note that people develop. Jason Myers is a good example. I'm not going to name where he went to school, but it wasn't a, a very reputable place. It's not a household name, and he's arguably the best in the world now. There's several: Adam Vinatieri, Vanderjack, legends of kicking have come traditionally from from lower level, one double A, two even three schools. So. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So it means a lot to everyone at Fourth Down Focus that you were able to share a little bit about your story. I, I found it fascinating to catch up with you. Um, please give us a like, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend. If you have questions related to the podcast, suggestions for future topics and guests, or if you have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com. It has endless resources for specialists and coaches of specialists. On social media, my Instagram and Twitter is at 4THDOWNU. That's at 4th Down U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me at Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at 4th Down Focus, brought to you by Bet Online. We'll see you again next week with an exciting new guest. I still hope 2021 is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.